From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Daniel Sellerson. D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra. Yeah. And the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Daniel Salerson. Hi, everyone, and welcome into the best of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Salerson, a.k.a. Producer Dan. Over the next 30 minutes or so, we will bring you some of the best interviews from this past week. The Saints are on their bye week, but General Manager Mickey Loomis was nice enough to join the show on Wednesday, and we'll let you listen to that coming up. If you are listening to this on Saturday when it originally airs, Anthony Davis and Darius Miller return to Lexington, where they both played college ball at Kentucky. The Pelicans play preseason game number six at Rupp Arena tonight against the Washington Wizards. No TV for that game, but you can listen to Sean Kelly on 105.3 WWL-FM and the Pelicans Radio Network. Anthony caught up with Sean earlier this week to talk about his return to Lexington, and that will also be on the show today. Yahoo Sports basketball writer Mark Spears, a New Orleans native, will also be on today's show. Let's get right to the interviews coming up next. Saints GM Mickey Loomis on the best of the Black and Blue Report. Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning black and gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Are you ready for healthcare reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about healthcare reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. You're listening to the best of the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back. I'm Daniel Salerson. The Saints head into their bye week with an impressive 5-1 record. Earlier this week, John DeShazer caught up with Saints GM Mickey Loomis to hear his thoughts on the Saints team after six games. We're here with uh, Saints General Manager Mickey Loomis, and the Saints are six games deep, 5-1, Mickey. What are some of the things that have stood out for you during these first five, first six games, rather? Well, I, you know, I think first of all, just our record. Um, you know, it's good to be five and one. We'd love to be six and zero. Oh. We had that, uh, you know, kind of slipped through our fingers. Uh, lost to a good team uh, who made a great play, uh, you know, at the end of the game. Um, so, but we're excited about being five and one as we get into this break. Um, but I, I also think this is that look. I know our coaches and our players look at every week independent from what's happened in, in prior weeks, and so. Um, you know, we'll approach uh, our next game after the bye week just like we were uh, zero and zero, and and uh, uh, we'll be looking to improve in all phases of of the game. And yet, I think over the the first uh, you know six games, I think there's been some real good things. 
offensively, defensively, and, and with our special teams. And yet uh, um, there's room for improvement in each of those phases as well. Now, I know that you and Sean, you know, mentioned coming out of, uh, out of training camp and, and coming into the season, you want to get the right 53. Um, now, or obviously, after six games, you guys don't want to, you know, pat yourselves on the back too much. But it certainly seems like you've got the right fifty-three. Well, yeah, I, I, you know, I think your coaches did a good job of identifying, uh, you know, players that can contribute um, to our season, and I think they have. We made it, you know, a couple changes, some necessitated uh, by injury, and some, uh, you know, just uh, uh, looking to, um, you know, shore up areas where we felt like we needed some depth. Um, but, but. Look, we, we kept a lot of young guys, and, and uh, a lot of those young guys are contributing early in the season. Now, when you say young guys, I mean, it certainly doesn't seem that way. You, you've had the three games go down to the wire, um, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, and here in New England. And I think I, I read or saw where you told Sean, you know, we won our share of these, you know, so far. Is it, I guess, a little bit of a surprise to be able to pull out tight games with guys who are so young? Um, you know, weren't able to win the New England game, but the guy who makes the, a huge catch is, is, is Stills, you know, Kenny Stills, the rookie, uh, down the stretch. I mean, you've gotten great contributions from a lot of young guys this season. Yeah, we, we have. Um, and, and uh, you know, my comment after uh, this New England game was, look, you know, you, it hurts to lose a game like that. There's no question it does. And what I said to uh, Sean, and, and he, look, he said this to the team, is that uh, before, before I even said it to him, is that, you know, over the years we've won a number of games like that. Mm-hmm. Um, by persevering, by not giving up, by playing hard till, till the final uh, uh, gun goes off, and uh, that's that's what uh, New England uh, and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick did, you know, against us. And and look, our hats off to them. They made they made the play, and plays necessary in the last minute to to win the game. Um, uh, yeah, we have we've gotten as you said a number of contributions from younger guys at critical times in the games, and yet. It's still, uh, in many ways, the same cast of characters with Drew and Marcus and Jimmy Graham and, and uh, um, you know, defensively with Malcolm Jenkins and Curtis Lofton and, and some of our veteran players that, that provide great leadership. And I think that gives some comfort and uh, to our younger guys that they can relax and just play because they know that we've got veteran players that uh, have been in that situation before and can help them. Yeah, you guys out in Radio Land can't can't see this, but I'm admiring Mickey's uh, Saint shirt. He's if you saw him, you'd probably bang him over the head and take it from him. It's real sweet. <laughs> <laughs> probably not going to find that one in the team shop anytime soon. That's a really nice shirt. Um, what's your process like during this bye week? I mean, everybody kind kind of exhales and gets away. What do you do this week? Yeah, I, I think uh, well, I'm going to get a little time off uh, toward the end of the week here. There's no question about it. But but uh, you know, one of the things that we like to do. Uh, is exhale a little bit, get, uh, you know, a little personnel uh, self-evaluation. Um, so, you know, our staff is doing that. Our pro, pro uh, uh, scouting staff is doing that. Our college scouts are on the road, so they've got a lot of reports in. Uh, I'll spend some time looking at some of those reports and just kind of familiarizing myself with some of the names of, of the guys that uh, uh, are going to be eligible for this next draft. Um and, and so just kind of regroup, um, you know, we've been fortunate in that we haven't had a lot of serious injuries uh, during this, this preseason. And I think that as we get in, you know, come out of the bye week, uh, I think we'll be relatively healthy. Um, and so it's not like we're, 
for uh, needing to replace injured players at this time. And yet there's still some guys out there that we want to keep tabs on that uh, that uh, might be able to help us down the road. You know, now maybe I'm overblowing this, but it seems that you guys have had some significant guys out. I mean, John Vilma hadn't played yet this season. Victor Butler's never gotten a, shot, a chance to play. Uh, Lance Moore's been out a couple of games. Um, you know, Roman Harper's been out a couple of games. And yet, you know, the next man up, has really kind of done the job. Yeah, they, they have. Um, you know, two of those guys, John Vilma and Victor Butler, uh, will become eligible to play for us later in the season if they're, uh, um, you know, if their health warrants it. Um, and and we've had some injuries to, you know, Roman Harper and Lance Moore, who you mentioned, uh, that have kept them out of, uh, you know, multiple games. And yet as we get through this bye week, you know, those guys uh, uh, are improving and, and will be available to us uh, as we go forward. You know, the significant injuries are the ones where you have to make a roster change because they're, mm -hmm. they're season ending. And we've been fortunate not to have um, um, any of those as we've, got, as we've gone into this regular season. And, and obviously we had a number during the preseason. Um, so, look, we just keep tabs on, on the players that are out there and available to us, some, some of who were in camp with us and, and uh, you know, have some of our terminology and our systems down. And, and, and uh, if we need them, they're there for uh, their on call, I guess, is the way I'd call it. Okay, now, okay, six games down. And really, uh, if you look at it, the way Drew Brees looked at it, half the season, because basically you went to four preseason games, get the first six, that's ten. You've got the ten remaining. Um, what do you hope to see over this last 10-game set? Well, you know, obviously you want to, you know, try and win every game. But, you know, I, I think for us the formula has always been let's take each week independent of the rest of them, you know, uh, um, play hard, uh, have a great game plan, have a great preparation, and, and uh, you know, the wins will take care of themselves. Obviously we have lots of goals. You know, we have the goal to win our division, and we have a goal to – to uh, um, gain a home field advantage in the playoffs and all those things. They're all in front of us. They're all really in our own control, which is good after six games to be able to say that, look, if we take care of our business, no one can, um, um, you know, do better and, and, uh, because, we, you know, we have control of that uh, given the teams that we have to play and, and where we're at after six games. So that, that's, uh, you know, that's a good sign. Okay, now I got to ask you a little something. Okay, about bragging rights here. We've got some fans across the NFL in a couple of cities, in particular, who are seem to uh, want to take the mantle away from you know the Saints fans as being the best in the NFL with uh, with some you know I don't want to say artificially generated polls, but yeah, let's call it what it is. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you have any message for Saints fans who yeah. you know they're they're trying to kind of take the mantle away from us? Yeah, th this came up the other night uh, um, uh, on an interview that I was doing, and and look, let, let's let's uh, admit this: they're loud in Seattle. They're very yes. loud. They're very loud in Kansas City, and yet, uh, you know, I would say to you that that uh, um, well, uh, try this experiment. Just Go in your closet at home and close the door and yell as loud as you can. And then go outside on your porch in the open air and yell as loud as you can and find out which one hurts your ears the most. <laughs> um, you know, we've got the advantage of an indoor facility. We've got the advantage of 70-plus thousand uh, passionate Saints fans. Um, so I think, and again, I'm, I'm a little biased. Well, there's nothing um, wrong with that. I, I'm a little biased, but... Uh, we don't need the Guinness Book of World Records to come in and tell us uh, that we're the loudest stadium. We already know that we are. Um, 
and uh, uh, now here's what I would also say. I think that we're going to need that uh, um, coming out of this bye week. You know, we've got some uh, important games coming up. The 49ers, obviously the Buffalo Bills when we come back immediately, and, and the 49ers and Carolina Panthers after that, Tampa Bay. We, we've got some games where we need our fans to be loud. And, um, and I would say this. I don't think that our fans have performed their best early in the season yet. They've been loud, but I think they can be louder, and they can affect the game. Um, positively for us and negatively for the visiting team. And so so uh, uh, I'm looking forward to this back half of the season and seeing what our fans can do to prove that – we don't need to prove it, but um, to, to show the rest of the NFL that we've got the loudest venue in, in the league. Well, there you have it, Saints fans. We're expecting you guys to warm to the occasion, as you usually do. Uh, that's Saints general manager Mickey Loomis, and he's here on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks, guys. When we come back, you'll hear from Yahoo Sports basketball writer Mark Spears on the best of the Black and Blue Report. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. N nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. Preseason basketball is in full swing with plenty of storylines. To talk more about the upcoming season and preseason action, Sean Kelly caught up with Yahoo Sports basketball writer Mark Spears. He's a New Orleans guy, but uh, he's a West Coast guy too, so I'm probably uh, really interrupting his morning routine out West. But nonetheless, we're, we're extremely pleased to bring back Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports, NBA uh, national writer, back to the uh, Black and Blue Report. Uh, good morning, Mark. How are things out West? Man, it's good, but I'm trying to f figure out, is it Pell's? Can I say Pels? Yeah, I can use that. Is that caught I, on yet? I mean, I, what, what's the deal with that right now? I don't know if it's caught on yet or not, but I, I uh, during our preseason game broadcast the other night, I called them the Pels. So, uh, okay. Pelicans or Pels. I don't like Pellies. Somebody said Pellies, and that, 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 that don't uh, go no, right. No, no. Pels is okay. Is it, is it going is, is one of the jerseys going to say Pels on it? No, no. Just the just the, the home and away. You know, the NBA has this rule, Mark, that uh, you can only have a home and away in your first year of a new brand. And it oh, just really? it just okay. says your beloved hometown across the front. Okay. Uh, Mark, uh, any any non NBA cities uh, you've traveled to for games this month? No, no. I, I saw a game in well, some might have say Sacramento is a non NBA city. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was there to see the Clippers. Um, I saw the Golden State play Sacramento. I haven't really, you know, I've been to Lakers and Clippers training camp. And other than that, I've been uh, kind of waiting for the big, real, real stuff to happen. 
Mark, you've been doing this a long time. What are, what are the things that you see in preseason games or training camps that actually translate into the regular season? Um, you know, chemistry is important. Uh, you know, if you look at that Lakers team last year, they, they didn't want to play a preseason game. And you, know, you think it's not a big deal, but not having Dwight for most of it, you know, not building any chemistry, um, not getting a taste of winning, it, it kind of puts you in a bad way when the season starts, you know. And so that to me, like I, I think things like what Doc Rivers does, and, and I don't know if the Pelicans did this year, but I think it's important that every year you go somewhere for training camp. You know, I was covering the Celtics. They uh, went to um, – Newport, Rhode Island, and what it does is it forces the guys to spend time together instead of going home to their wives or girlfriends or buddies or whoever, and um, I heard that what Doc did too with the Clippers this year, they went down to San Diego, and and if the one of the players wanted to go somewhere, they had to take a van, which was either driven by Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, or DeAndre Jordan, and had to get one of them to, you know, all three of them, one of them had to be available for a ride somewhere. But he he made them do that so the three, I guess, captains had to, you know, mingle and talk and get to know the other players, you know what I mean? Force them to all interact, and it, I think it was kind of an interesting thing to do. But that, to me, just, ha- just having training camp at home, um, think guys get comfortable you got to take them out of their environment environment because um you know even the first year i covered the celtics they went to rome and in london and when they look back they would say hey that that trip did a lot to get us together so yeah i think to me that's the most important thing is to build uh, chemistry and build camaraderie you talk to a lot of coaches uh across the league and you have for a long time mark you know it's interesting that you bring all this up because so many times I hear all this moaning and groaning about the, the NBA global games and taking teams to Manila and Taipei yeah. and, and, and all these other sites. But I guess the one argument is what you're referring to, but the other one is the disruption in the schedule and trying to get guys proper rest and everything else. Yeah. Would you say, would you say, I understand the benefits of, let's say, the Clippers going to San, or San Diego or um, uh, Colorado Springs for the Spurs or others, but but what about the far reaches of the earth? We're talking yeah. about Asia and Turkey. Are we going too far? Is this is this really important in your eyes? No, I think it's important to grow the brand. I mean, outside of soccer, I do think basketball is probably the most popular sport in the world, and this is a time to you know it, it's for the future. They're doing it for the future. I mean, that kid in the Philippines. You know, who who got to see, to shake Paul George's hand. I mean, that's a fan for life, you know. And football can't really do that, you know. They go to London or whatever, but they're not going to play a game in Turkey. They don't want to see that. Um, baseball could go to Japan, but they can't do what the NBA does. And, you know, like the Kings, once there's an adequate uh, venue in India, I'm sure – but their owner, Vivek Ranadive, the first Indian owner, they're going to be out there. So, you know, there, there's so much money that's being made 
globally by the NBA, so I, I kind of understand what they're doing. And it, it also helps the players' brands, too, as far as selling merchandise and shoes, and even, even like, helps the end of their careers. Like, I was talking to Tracy McGrady last year, and he said, man, I made, like, $1.5 million playing in, in China, and I probably made more than that off the court. And, you know, I was talking to Chuck Hayes the other day. He has a Japanese, I mean, a Chinese shoe. Why? Why does he go to China every year? He's big because he played with Yao Ming. Chuck Hayes is big in China. He's bigger in China than he probably is here. So I think while it could be a moan and groan and, and tiresome for some players, it also could be some exposure and money making in the long time, long term and short term that helps them from uh, being able to go to the far reaches and, and show themselves. Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports, a national NBA columnist and writer for uh, that publication online. Um, Mark, uh, real quick before I let you go here, here in about two weeks we're going to see the debuts of the regular season debuts of several new head coaches in the NBA. Uh, in your eyes, which one is going to have the best start? Who's going to have the easier go of it early? Uh, I think Doc Rivers has a great team. Really, really good team. Their chemistry looks great already. He's going to bring the best best out of Chris Paul. He's going to probably help Blake Griffin take his game to the next level, and he's instilled some confidence in DeAndre Jordan. Stop worrying about the offensive part and fight to be the defensive player of the year. I really think Clippers are going to go off and running uh, quickly. Uh, a lot of shooters there, J.J. Redick and such. Uh, so I, I like the Clippers' ability to um, do great things, things they've never done under Doc Rivers. What about the um, what about the guys that have popped up as first-time head coaches? You know, I just saw you know Budenholzer at Atlanta the other day, and yeah. uh, you've got the the kid, if you will, up in Boston. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, out, out of that group, anybody strike you as having a tougher road or an easier road? Brian Shaw, I guess, would be in this class too. Yeah, you know. The- New coach in Boston, I think he's um, he's going to have a hard time. I mean, it, it, hey, you could be New Rockney, but if you don't have players, <laughs> you're going to struggle. So they're going to Brad, Brad's going to take his hits. Um, Rondo's who knows when he's going to be back. So I think he's that's going to probably be the toughest one. You know, I'm interested in to see interested to see how Brian Shaw does in Denver. He's, you know, had all those years working under Phil Jackson, and but Gallinari's hurt. Fareed's had some injury problems. Um, they lost Andre Iguodala, so I could see Denver as a team dropping off. But you know what? Now I think about it, the guy that's going to have the hardest go, and, and his name eludes me, and you can help me as a coach in Memphis. I think I think it's going to be a really, really tough job for him. Um, and please help me with my name. His Jaeger. Name Jaeger, yep. yeah, Dave Jaeger. Yep. You know, I really thought Lionel Hollins did a fantastic job coaching that team. There's a lot of egos on that team, a lot of uh, stuff that he's cleaning up, a lot of behind-the-scenes things, and to let Lionel go and then to give it to the assistant coach, um, I think that guy has his hands full a lot more than people know. So I, I expect Denver – because of talent, I expect Memphis, because of the coaching change, to take a dip. And uh, maybe, now I'm not saying they're not going to make the playoffs. Memphis will still make it. But 
I think the coaching change there is such that it will keep them maybe from being a power like they have been. Good stuff. Mark Spears, New Orleans guy, um, in exile out west, but covering the NBA on a national level for Yahoo Sports. Come home soon, uh, Mark. We'll be anxious to see you, and uh, maybe we'll catch you on the road too. Look forward to being at the New Orleans Arena and getting that jambalaya before the game, man. Absolutely. I'll be there Thanksgiving week. Mark, thanks for your uh, morning time with us today. I'll let you get back to the egg whites and the breakfast, okay? <laughs> you hear that, Mom? Egg whites. I'm telling you. I'm working on it. We'll send along the message, that's for sure. Mark Spears here with us on the Black and Blue Report. Back in a minute. Coming up next, Anthony Davis joins the program to share his thoughts on going back to Lexington. You're listening to the best of the Black and Blue Report. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light. For the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Say that to say this. The new album from Trombone Shorty. Trombone Shorty is back with 11 explosive tracks on his highly anticipated new release. Say that to say this. This album delivers funk, R&B, rock, and soul that's sure to blow you away. Trombone Shorty delivers an incredible remake of the Meters classic, Be My Lady, with all music played by the original Funky Meters. What's up, New Orleans? This is Trombone Shorty. Check out my new record, Say That to Say This, produced by Raphael Sadiq and me in stores now. Follow us on Twitter at BlackBlueReport. Anthony Davis may have spent only one year at Kentucky, but it was a memorable one, to say the least. The team went 38-2 and won a national championship. Tonight, Anthony returns to Big Blue Nation to take on John Wall and the Wizards in preseason action. On Tuesday, Sean Kelly spoke with Anthony about the big game. Well, the Pelicans go back on the road this week. Two more non-NBA cities, Tulsa and then Lexington, Kentucky. And Anthony Davis goes back to campus later on this week. AD, I know that you know there's a game still to be played at Tulsa, but just the simple fact of going back to Lexington. Have you, have you given it much thought? Has it been in your brain since you found that out? Uh... Not necessarily in my brain, but <laughs> families and friends. You know, everybody says, oh, I can't wait for you to get here. Can I get a ticket? You know, what you doing when you get here? You're going to Midnight Manor. So, um, so I'm excited, though. You know, excited to go back. Um, it's going to be fun. You know, play back in Rupp Arena uh, in a real game situation. So, uh, can't wait to get down there. But like you said, we got a, another game in front of it before that, you know, that we have to worry about. Did you have some say in it, or did they surprise you with the news that we were going to get to play in your old uh, yeah, in your old place? Uh, it was definitely a surprise. I had no idea. You know, I thought it was a joke at first. I started doing like uh, media and you know promotional things for it and everything like that. You know, um, but I didn't know anything about it. When you, when you when you look back, and and let's be honest, it wasn't a long time you were there, but it sure was an impactful time. Do, do you feel? A, a real strong attraction to that place, even though it was a short time. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, especially since we won. You know, uh, I have a always have a piece of me there. You know, um, and that's all the guys who went there. You know, uh, all the back when Darius was a freshman, or John, or Demarcus, you know, whoever. Um, we always have a you know a piece of us there, and you know, it was fun. You know, we all didn't stay long. You know, but at the same time, you know, we made it fun where I last. You know, um, go in and do what we had to do, and it was just unfortunate that we all had to leave. You know, um, I'm pretty sure if all of us 
could have stayed, you know, we would, you know. Um, but, you know, we move on and, you know, new guys keep coming in and try to do the same thing. It's been about two years now. I remember my first week or two on a college campus, and I was intimidated but yet thrilled at the same time. What was it like for you? Um, I was intimidated. You know, I didn't know what to expect, uh, especially going in um, with a whole bunch of guys who can play. You know, uh, then going there, hearing things about Coach Cal, how he's, you know, tough on guys and everything like that. But, you know, I took the challenge. You know, I decided I wanted to become a better player, and um, he definitely helped me with that. You know, so um, I recommend him to any guy who wants to get better, um, whether it's one year, two, three, or four. You know, uh, he's definitely going to get you better on um, the time you're there. Um, but as the season, you know, prolonged and, you know, uh, guys gotten better, you know, it was, it was easier for us. You know, we stepped our games up. Um, seeing the floor a lot differently and just have fun with it. All right, Anthony, this will be my first trip to Lexington, Kentucky. Um, where did you hang out on campus and in town, and, and where should you send me here at our short visit? Honestly, man, I stayed in the gym. All of us did. I mean, it was across the street, and some nights we were just tired and didn't want to do anything. And it's Lexington, Kentucky. There's nothing. It's not like it's a big city, you know. <laughs> Big city, Louisville, the hour away. You know, we couldn't really drive in. Nobody really had cars. So, really stayed in the gym or, you know what I'm saying, we always just hang out in each other's room. You know, um, well, there's a couple little nice food spots down there. Uh, O'Charlie's, you know, uh, Jake's, Malone's. Um, you know, just, uh, as far as, you know, restaurants go, you know, there's a lot of little fast food places, too, that are very good. Um, one of my favorites was always an uh, Italian place, you know. So, uh, can't wait to have that. But, it's, it's exciting. Um, the basketball atmosphere is very exciting. It's pretty cool that we're going to play there on Saturday and on Friday, as I understand it, is Big Blue Madness. You touched upon it. Should I go? Yeah, most definitely. Um, great thing. One of the great things about Kentucky is guys camping out right now, or, or was last week. You know, in the beginning of this week. You know, just for tickets. You know, might not might not be able to get tickets. You know, um, that's what they do. And I'm pretty sure it's cold in Kentucky right now. Um, so. That's what, that's what Kentucky fans are all about, Kentucky basketball is all about, and um, they're going to be there, uh, 24,000 strong in Midnight Madness, and then 20, I'm guaranteed 24,000 for our game, you know, so um, that's what they do. We had a charity game, you know, um, and it was 24,000 there, you know, so, um, and everybody didn't play, you know, so they just come out, they love Kentucky basketball, the guys return, so I'm excited to go. All right, so if 24,000 are there, I don't, I, it's, I know it's preseason, but do you want to kind of stick at the John Wall and the Wizards a little bit on Saturday in front of your old crowd? Yeah, uh, yeah, especially um, since they quote unquote beat us, you know, in a charity game, which no everybody wasn't playing, so I don't think it counted, you know. Um, but I definitely want to, and it's just for our team, for our team to get better, you know. Uh, we of course we want to win, you know, but you know, unfortunately, one team has to lose and one team has to win. So um, if we lose, we just got to make sure that we go out there and play hard, and um, hopefully we can come up with a win. Very cool. I'm excited for you. I'm glad you came by to talk about it. Thank you. Anthony Davis here with us on the Black and Blue Report. And again, that's the big game on Saturday night. That wraps up the two-game road trip for the Pelicans this week. And, of course, we'll continue to watch Anthony and his teammates get ready for the regular season. When we come back, I'll wrap things up and get you set for another great week on the best of the Black and Blue Report. Taking flight with your New Orleans Pelicans is fun for fans of all ages. Pelicans fans 13 and under are invited to join the Junior Pelicans Kids Club presented by Laser Tag and Games. Free membership includes special ticket offers and more. Plus, 
For just $35, upgrade to an all-star membership to get extra benefits that include Pelicans gear and invitations to exclusive events. All-star memberships make great gifts, so visit pelicans.com for more info and to sign up for the best kids club in the NBA. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Sure, other fans are hungry for a win. But here in New Orleans, we make sure that you're well-fed, too. With tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. Loving the Saints is like the freshness of Cane's. All day, no quit. The Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Welcome back to the best of the Black and Blue Report. A lot of great guests this week on the show. Want to thank Mickey Loomis, Mark Spears, and Anthony Davis for joining us. A reminder, if you miss any of our shows, you can log on to pelicans.com or neworleansaints.com, or you can have them downloaded right to your iPhone, iPad, or laptop via iTunes. You can follow the show on Twitter at BlackBlueReport, Sean Kelly at Sean Kelly Live, and myself at DSallerson. Tonight at 6 p.m. Central, the Pelicans take on the Wizards live from Lexington, Kentucky. Mr. Kelly will have the call on 105.3 WWLFM and the Pelicans Radio Network. That'll do it for this weekend's show. For John DeShazer, Sean Kelly, I'm Daniel Salerson. Have a fantastic weekend. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. 